All right, welcome back to the Awakening Innovations Podcast. I'm Michael Barnes, your host. And today we've got a real treat. Kat McLeod is here to talk to us. Uh, she has a fascinating story and one that I'm really excited to hear about. So uh, she had significant struggles in her childhood. Um, she has worked in the sex industry and now uh, helps sex workers to transition out. She's building a um, a new business to uh, help people to identify their niche and build uh, their their new businesses. So with that, pass it on over to you, Kat. Tell us who you are, how you got here, and and let's hear your story. Hi, Michael. As you, I do want to clarify that for the last over a decade, I've been helping people pinpoint their perfect business, not helping sex workers transition out of the sex industry. Mm -hmm. That was 13 years ago, and I'll go into that again. I just wanted to clarify. But just like you said, I grew up in, I had childhood difficulties. I grew up in a very abusive home. I felt very fearful for my life. I was beaten on a regular basis. Sometimes I was beaten so much I thought I would be paralyzed. Hmm. And I would, I remember a story where I was running upstairs and the only place in the house I could feel safe was in my bathroom because I could pull out the drawer and the Hmm. drawer would block the door from opening. And my dad was infuriated and I truly thought he was going to kill me or murder me. And he was threatening to kill me and he was demanding that I open the door, which I refused. So I that was the only place in the house that I could feel safe. So at any given moment in my childhood home, my dad could go from being fun to being a crazed maniac that I was extremely fearful of. So I don't usually bring that up in podcasts. Like I forgot about the fun because the crazy way outweighed the fun. And recently I did have some fun memories, like vacation memories and stuff, but I grew up in a crazy home, just bottom line, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was in college, I started stripping to earn extra money. And this enabled me to feel financially independent, to move away from that crazy household Mm -hmm. and move to Los Angeles. It's really expensive here in LA. And it gave me the confidence in myself to be able to support myself. So when I got to LA, there is lap dancing and it's much more high touch here than where I was originally. And I wasn't down with that. I didn't like people touching me. I wasn't okay with people manhandling because of my childhood. And even if I didn't have an abusive childhood, doesn't mean that I would be okay with it. I just want to clarify that too. (laughs) I answered an ad to be a dominatrix. Okay. Yep. In the ad, it said no sex, no massage, no touch. It was intriguing. It was new. I was 21, turning 22. It sounded fun. And it was. I had a, I actually really enjoyed training. I felt powerful. It turned the tides on the abuse. It was like a completely alternative market. And I liked being alternative. And for like, it's a PG 13 description of what that means what dominatrix means yeah, for those who don't know the term okay so dominatrix usually means that you i mean it, it means that you are in control so in mainstream society it's been that shades of gray book and right. i would actually say that that is a way more extreme case than the scenario so uh, people do ask me is it like shades of gray and it really truly wasn't there are clients that really want that 
strict, more BDSM, and I'll call that being whipped or spanked or beaten with a cane or slapped. There are those clients, but most of them don't want it super hardcore. It's more about trying something new, releasing inhibitions. I can't go into the details and keep it PG-13, so I'll just leave it like that. I think that helps people understand what we're talking about. That's good. Okay. So after about six to nine months, I think around the six-month point, I really started to hate it. I don't think I quit for the nine-month point until I just couldn't do it anymore because I was making a couple hundred dollars an hour. (laughs) Yeah, and I was 21, 22. So I decided I was going to have to use my college degree in psychology, take some low paying job and keep only what I most liked from my dominatrix position. And Mm -hmm. that was only about, I would guess, five to 10% of my business. So surely I couldn't support myself on that. And the opposite happened. That's when 20 years ago, I discovered that the riches are in the niches. It's for real. I niched down to only one specific fetish mm-hmm. or what I enjoyed the most. And my business exploded and I had a multiple six-figure business for the next five years. Okay. that That's great uh, information for everybody because you're right. Most people don't get that, but the riches are in the niches. And, and it's great that you made a lot of money and were able to do it for a few years. I, again, really enjoyed doing it for the first six to nine months because it was easy. It was the most pleasurable part of BDSM. To me, that's the dominatrix field, BDSM. And again, I got burned out of it. Apparently, I get burned out of stuff quickly when it's not really (laughs) what I want to do. The main thing is the work itself was easy. I didn't feel purposeful. I didn't feel like I was living a life of purpose. I was keeping it very secret. I felt shameful. It was all of that stuff with it. If I were truly into BDSM, it could have been a dream job, but that wasn't like, I wasn't really into it. I was only doing it for money. Right. And there was pluses, like I love being my own boss and I still do. Yeah. So for those four to five years, you're saying you did not enjoy that piece either? Yeah, for a minimum of four years, I really wanted out. I tried to quit many times Mm -hmm. and I would keep going back because I made so much money. Because like multiple six figures, you got to remember 20 years ago, it got you even more than it does now. So like I was able to buy my first home in Los Angeles at the age of 23. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) And that was the money I was used to. I basically came out into adulthood making that kind of money. It was very, very challenging to leave. And like I said, I tried to leave and then I would go back because what else could replicate that kind of money? Right. So kind of like every other addiction. Yes. Like the golden handcuffs. And I'll fast forward a little bit. That's how, when I finally was able to transition out and I decided to get my master's in psychology because during all of this time I was screwed up. They put it bluntly, I suffered from depression. I had a really bad eating disorder for many, many, many years. I saw my therapist twice a week. It was not success only. So I was doing great with money, but my head wasn't on like halfway straight. So I started adding in yoga. I started reading a lot of self-help books. I naturally gravitate towards that. And I started just adding in, and I would say working on myself and healing myself. So I decided to get my master's in psychology. 
Mm-hmm. As my second year graduate school project, I chose helping women transition out of the sex industry right. for obvious reasons. I knew what it was like to make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars an hour. And that if I wasn't able to help them move into something else that was high profit for the time spent, that they would go backwards just like I did over and over and over again. Yes. And that's how I developed my purpose and profit framework that I still use to this day. It's been refined over the last decade and now it's geared towards busy moms, but it originated from me helping sex workers transition out of the adult industry into entrepreneurship. Yeah. And and I think that a lot of what you're talking about is true first off across, you know, Mm -hmm. other people who are going through challenges, but in fact, through all of life. Um, you know, we get the golden handcuffs, we start staying in the same place, we, we're fearful of losing what we have. And so, so many people stay where they are. And I think that it's great that you help find, find uh, profit and purpose, because, you know, it talk, it's talked about a lot these days, but perfect, I'm sorry, uh, purpose is, is really key to a happy, successful life, in my opinion. So I think that's wonderful. I 100% agree with you, Michael, because the truth is I had a super high profit business that I hated and it brought me no pleasure. And if you're going to start your business and you're going to put your heart and soul in a business, make it purposeful and pleasurable. And of course, marry that with high profit. But without that purpose and pleasure, then it's not, it's just another golden handcuff. It's just yeah. something that you do for that, like what you said, that addiction of the money. And it's not going to be sustainable in the long run while making you feel good. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so how do you work? So uh, if, if, you're a, if you are talking to a stay-at-home mom, what do you do? I mean, how do you, how do you help somebody to find a, a, a business? I take, I have a very unique approach. I take their current skills, talents, and gifts, and we start there. So with my framework, you do not need to learn anything new. I think that's a common problem with people going online, thinking they need to take some kind of design school or learn something new, and then they have no experience in it, and then they don't feel like they're a real expert. I use something that that the purpose and profit framework has been honed over 13 years, and it's to hone in on your most profitable skill, talent, and gift, and be able to pinpoint that in order to serve someone's biggest pain point. And that's how like your ideal client's biggest pain point, we, we narrow that down. And when you are able to solve that big problem for someone and bring them to pleasure, that's when they will pay you because people pay for results. So that's how I currently work with my clients. I do want to go backwards to what you were saying. It does not matter if you started in the sex business or if you are on drugs or just leaving drugs or you are leaving an abusive relationship or you were homeless. What you said is absolutely correct. Or you just hate your corporate job that you've been doing year after year that's, you know, basically killing you on the inside, but you're so afraid to change. Whatever your backstory is, I just really want you, the listener, to know that you can make the change. And I don't say this from a BS 
viewpoint. I say this from somebody who truly lived it. I, I grew up so abused thinking I was bad, not loved. Everything was wrong with me. Super screwed up in my 20s, ex-sex worker. I should not be living the absolute dream life that I've been living for the past decade. We haven't gotten into that, but I've created an amazing dream life that I've been living for the past decade with lots of wealth health, like I'm talking monetary wealth and amazing loving husband and son, best friends around us. You're Michael's looking at me at my beautiful beach home. Just, and I say this not to brag. I say this to say that it doesn't matter where you start. It matters that you just keep moving forward. And I shared how many times I failed. It was very messy, 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 messy. (laughs) And yet I'm here. Yeah. And, and I draw correlations across a lot of different things. And, and what you're saying is just true of life, right? So, so many people expect life to be easy. They expect it to be straightforward. You know, I want that. I'm going to go get it. And, you know, whether you're coming out of challenging situations, the sex industry or homelessness or drugs or prison, or as you said, you know, if you're working a corporate job, unless you're in your dream job, then it, it's it's just messy to get to where you want to go. And I talk to people all the time who are afraid to leave and afraid to pursue their dreams. Um, and, you know, I tell them a lot of times, you've got to find someone who will help you do it. And and that's what you do. So I think that's that's a fantastic service that you provide for people. If you feel like you're where Michael and I are talking about, where you know you don't love your life, but you find yourself stuck, I just want you to give yourself permission that that's okay, because it's completely normal. As I shared, I have my master's in psychology, and our egos, like our beings want us to stay stuck because we are alive there. Whether we like it or not, the unknown is more scary to our lizard brains, like that part of our brains that haven't evolved yet. So it wants to keep you stuck. So all that fear, it's completely normal. And the true challenge is to make a decision on changing your life, whatever that decision is. So I like to have my clients decide on success, not wishing, hoping, wanting for success, deciding on it. And from there, you take that consistent action and feeling fearful along the way means you're on the right track. You cannot change your life without that fear. That fear is actually healthy and it's actually a signal to you that you're doing something different. And that's how you're going to over time move forward. And as I'm really emphasizing it's truly not success only. There's, it's messy. If you're waiting for comfort and only success, you'll, you'll be standing still five, 10, how many years from now? Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of what I talk about is entrepreneurship and you've probably seen the, the stories and the memes, you know, um, the lady who wrote Harry Potter was turned down 97 times or whatever. Walt Disney was turned down 150 times whatever those numbers are. And so if, if you don't have the courage to pick yourself up and move on, you'll be in the same place. 
those are amazing inspirational examples and most of us are not resilient enough including myself to do that so i just i like i think those examples are amazing because look at they decided on success and they made it happen i just want to assure you the listener that it doesn't have to be 97 times or 150 times i heard the the chicken soup for the soul series that was wildly successful i heard they had a similar story of being rejected time and time again and each time they got rejected they laughed about it because they knew that you just keep plugging away and it's going to happen. I think that's the bottom line. You just keep plugging away at your target, at your goal, at your version of success, and it's going to happen. And it doesn't have to be 97 times. So you can release the hardness and just take those little steps into fear. And let me tell you, it gets easier. I'm sure Michael will agree with me that the first time he did a podcast, he was probably nervous. The first <laughs> I was a guest on a podcast. I was shaking. It was like truly shaking. And now neither of us are nervous. We talked a little bit before the podcast, both of us super relaxed. Like this is an example of you take the step into the fear, you feel the fear and you just do it anyways. You just keep yeah. putting that foot in and then it becomes your new normal. I think that's been one of my strengths in life. Like I feel the fear and I, I'm going to keep it PG-13. I say, screw it. Yeah. And I do it anyways. And I do it imperfectly and messy. I don't wait. Luckily, I guess this, I never thought of this, Michael, but I usually one of my weaknesses I say is my impatience. Mm -hmm. However, this same impatience is what drives me forward to take extremely imperfect action, say yeah. screw it and do it. So I, I actually never owned the, <laughs> the, the flip side of my impatience because usually it's not a great asset. Right. Yeah, and, and there, there are so many different stories. And thank you for, for clarifying. Yeah, those are the extreme stories that we hear about. And I say that only because we think of, you know, uh, Walt Disney as this hugely successful person. Um, but yeah, you know, it most likely you're going to go through some failures or at least deviations in the road that you had planned. Um, but I agree with you. So you know, it, it's take that step. And what has helped me a lot in, in the beginning, and I'm getting better and better, but what, what's helped me a lot is to take tiny action, right? Mm -hmm. So have a big plan, but if it's too scary, then just take a tiny step, just do something, right? You know, make a Facebook post about whatever you're talking about, or, you know, tell your best friend, do something to get the ball rolling. That's, that's what's really helped me. <laughs> I'm going to pony right off of what Michael said. This reminds me of something I teach all my clients. In graduate school, they brought out a carnival type game and they had poles at three foot, six foot, nine, 12, 15, 18 foot. They gave us three rings. And guess what? The people who consistently did three foot tosses had the most points. The people going after the 15, the 18, they often wound up with zero points. And the whole point of this exercise was to say the go after three foot tosses just like what Michael just shared with you. When I am working with someone new or someone reaches out to me and they have this humongous list and they've taken zero action, I tell them not to take an action step. I actually encourage them to take the easiest action step because those wins go, draw upon each other and to celebrate each win. When you celebrate yourself, no matter how small, because to somebody, 
a Facebook post isn't small. And the, the point is you just celebrate yourself doing it. You don't celebrate if you get engagement. No, that's just like being attached to results. You celebrate what you can control. That's that posting. And you truly celebrate it. What that means for you, it could be you jumping up and down, sharing with your best friend that you did it. Just giving yourself props for it does not have to be material. And that is actually going to be the easiest way to move yourself forward with pleasure and on a consistent basis. When you pair that doing something new, despite the fear, with pleasure of you celebrating yourself and, 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 and making it happen and take those the smallest steps possible, they're going to give you the confidence to keep going. Absolutely right, Kat. And, and you, were, you were right on about celebrating because in our society, and, and I only speak from American society, um, we're taught you celebrate major milestones. Um, but the reality is if you only celebrate the major mile, or if you celebrate the small ones, your brain wants happiness. It wants celebration, it wants success. And so the more that you teach it, you know, when I do something, good things happen, then your, your brain or subconscious or, you know, whatever piece it is, will, will start finding ways for you to, do that and it'll become fun it'll be what you want yes the three p's like i, I mean, we talked about my purpose and profit but the three p's that i really talk about are purpose profit and pleasure because the more pleasure you bring into the unfolding of your journey whatever that journey is usually mine consists of helping people with entrepreneurial success but the more pleasure you bring into where you want to go just like Michael just said, we, we get along very well. <laughs> You're just going to pair that and it's going to move you forward faster. It's a common thing to do. And I'm guilty of this. I'm type A. I can be a control freak. I have to control my control freakness. <laughs> and I get it where you think that beating yourself up is going to move you faster. And the truth is like, where has that gotten you? Maybe in the short run, it's gotten you somewhere, but in the long run, is it has it? No. So the adding in pleasure, the celebrating the littlest step, like seriously, whatever you choose today. And I challenge you after you're done listening to this podcast to take that smallest, tiniest step, whatever that is. For instance, if your, your new challenge is uh, weight loss, I do not diet. Just, it's just the first thing that came to my head. The, the smallest step could be drinking a glass of water after this podcast. We're not talking go running three miles. No, drink that glass of water. Done, period. Celebrate it. The more you do that and you associate this goal, this life that you want to create with yourself, with this pleasure, with that celebrating, you're going to get there way faster. The beating yourself up, first of all, it feels like yuck. It just doesn't work. People think yeah. it works and it does not work. The celebrating the pleasure works and it's something that I actively have to focus on and I have my clients focus on it. The first thing that we do with any win is let's celebrate it. Like for instance, one of my newest clients, she was sending out the most expensive proposal she's ever sent out. Do we have control over if the proposal is accepted? No, but what we can celebrate is she expanded her mind enough to more than double what she's ever sent out as a proposal. Is that worth celebrating? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kat, if somebody is, um, 
is trying to get started and you know what 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 are three tips that you have for them for getting started one two three whatever whatever you come up with uh getting started on what on having their own business yeah yeah for for having your own business the number one key step which we just discussed earlier in the podcast or in any goal is to decide on success stop being wishy-washy on it decide on success then for business success your next step is to pinpoint your perfect business idea niche it down go in tight stop trying to serve everybody because you're going to wind up serving nobody and getting no clients like go in tight to who your people are and then the third step for business success is to craft the right offer the one that your clients truly want and are going to pay you for this is a big missing piece people go into business with and they fail to really hear what their target clients really want and that's why they're not signing up clients with ease you need to craft the right offer that takes into account exactly the pain points of your clients and move them to the pleasure that they truly want. Uh, those are some awesome uh, suggestions. And so I'm going to put you on the spot here. So you kept saying business success. Um, do you have another words of wisdom for our audience as we're, we're wrapping up here? For the general audience, so if you, as far as business success, you went out a little bit. Business success or in general success? Okay. The general success is do exactly what Michael and I talked about with the three foot toss. So we've already decided on success. So whatever that success looks like, whatever your goal is, whatever it is that you've decided you are going to do for yourself, especially with this new decade upcoming up, I want you to right now end this podcast that you're listening to and take that first minimal step and then celebrate it. And actually I want you, I'm going to give you how to celebrate it. I want you to do that step and then jump up and down like 10 times. If you can't jump, then pump your arms up (laughs) and down 10 times and really let your body feel how good it feels to complete that task. And I challenge you not to go, but Kat, it was so little. Who cares? Those little steps are what adds up to creating your life. I'm just going to let you know that no part in my life did I ever feel resilient. As a matter of fact, I didn't identify with being resilient, but I look backwards and see how resilient I was. And that's just it goes into, you might not see how that little step that you just completed after this podcast is, but all of them added together, it creates results. Awesome. Fantastic. And, and that's a great uh, suggestion for all parts of our lives. Just take an action once you decide that you want anything, as you said, whether it's weight loss, whether it's finding a significant other, um, you know, whether it's business, it doesn't matter. Just take an action and celebrate it. So thank you very much. So um, as we're wrapping up, if someone uh, wants to get in touch with you, uh, you know, tell, you can tell a couple, a little bit about what it looks like to work with you and then tell us how to get in touch with you. You can reach me at sahmentrepreneur.com. That stands for stay-at-home mom entrepreneur, sahmentrepreneur.com. And if you're interested in pinpointing your perfect business, you can find me there and that will direct you to some information on that pinpointing. 
Perfect. So sahmentrepreneur.com for stayathomemomentrepreneur.com. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Kat. And it has been a real pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. It's been my pleasure.